Coming to you live from the Mega Gargantuan Kingdom, located deep in the heart of the Amazon. The Queen has asked me to remind all visitors to follow their parking attendance instructions and not flitter about. This is Interdimensional RSS, the unofficial Rick and Morty podcast. Hello, everybody. I'm Travis. Hello, everyone, and I'm Brandon Crew. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of Interdimensional RSS, the unofficial Rick and Morty podcast, episode 37. That's right. The, the finale, the final episode of Interdimensional RSS. Yes. You know what always throws me off? Our, our UK friends, they say series, and, and there's, there's, a, there's a part of me right off the bat when they say, yeah, the series finale wasn't that great, or it was great. And I like that, that, that hair second of saying, mm, uh, I think you mean season. Uh, let's let's use the proper vernacular here. <laughs> uh, I believe you mean season. And they're like, you're uncultured. You, you Americans, swine. you swine. <laughs> uh, but no, we did. We did have the Rick and Morty season three finale for the folks here in the U.S. of A. And uh, we have plenty of things to talk about, but first, as we always do, yeah. let's let's list off the the laundry list of ways that you can get in touch with this podcast. First and foremost, you can follow us on Twitter at Rick and Morty Pod at Rick and Morty Pod. You can at Rick and Morty Pod. Yeah, it's, it's it's easy. Just Rick and Morty <laughs> Pod. P O D. That's right. Uh, <laughs> you can also hang out on our subreddit at Rick and Morty Podcast at Reddit dot com. Rick and Morty Podcast. Fi- at, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I just you know Facebook. I don't usually do these things and I just I want to get a taste I want to get a taste of do, Rick and Morty podcast do you want, do you want to do the next one you have the same list in front of you Brandon uh, no I, I couldn't I couldn't dream of doing the next one after you facebook.com slash Rick and Morty podcast uh, send us an email Rick and Morty podcast at gmail.com go buy t-shirts at T public you can get there from apatheticenthusiasm.com slash shop and of course our patreon where you can hang out and chat with us on our new Discord server. Hey, hey, Discord. Uh, <laughs> we we tried to set up a like a private Facebook group, and that just that really didn't have any traction. And we didn't really. We thought, hey, let's set up a Discord. Let's so hey. if you're all if you're already a Patreon subscriber at the three dollar level or higher, uh, make sure you go and check out the links for our Discord, where we've been chatting about the series finale or the season finale depending <laughs> on depending on where you're from yes uh yeah but go check out patreon.com slash rick and morty pod brandon yeah are you ready am you i ready to do this season finale business yeah a- a- absolutely absolutely but you know first travis we gotta we gotta do what we always do right it's semi-pertinent news it's semi-pertinent news semi pertinent news you living in the street? Yeah, you are. Semi-pertinent news. You living in an apartment complex? It's semi-pertinent news. Uh, ba- backing <laughs> backing track provided by a pen, a metal pen, and a Corona Extra bottle cap. <laughs> I was wondering what your instrument of choice was there. I couldn't quite make it out on the old webcams. <laughs> All right. First and foremost on semi-pertinent news. Semi-pertinent. Uh, oh, I did that already. No, you, you already did that. Okay. Uh, holy crap, the sauce is back, yeah. Brandon. You you actually alerted me to this situation <laughs> happening 
uh, October sixth, I believe, nation nationwide. Yeah, we have a uh, we have a, a a meeting a meetup appointment reminder in our Facebook Messenger app with each other. Yeah, every time I go to write you a message, I'm reminded that I have to go to McDonald's this weekend. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that's it's so crazy. Uh, well, Rick and Morty, they did it. First of all, they're like number one rated uh, comedy this this season via Newsweek, and then. They're like, oh, you know what? Let's bring the sauce back. We're bringing the sauce back. Shout out to Chef Mike. Uh, man, he, they did it. McDonald's did it, and they're bringing that shit back on the October 6th for like that, that day or until supplies run out. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you can go to buttermilkcrispytenders.com, <laughs> not a sponsor, uh, where you can get information about, I think there are eight sauces that they are featuring for this event. Yeah. It's, it's actually a promotional event for their new chicken tenders or something yeah but who really cares uh, about any of the other sauces yeah nobody cares about that we care that one of the eight sauces is szechuan sauce it will only be available that day uh i want to say it starts at two o'clock yeah something like that local time wherever you are you can go to that website and see which mcdonald's stores are actually participating in the event it is a very select number of stores yeah. so I think in the Omaha area, there is only one store. That's right. Uh, there's only three stores across the state of Nebraska. So I'm going to the one closest to me. A ton a ton in are, Hawaii, by the way. Are there any in Hawaii? Not yeah. a single like, one. Uh, so my our, our friends out in Hawaii, look, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you with the pain. Yeah. Hey. So uh I'm they're giving out they're giving out posters for the sauces and then the sauces themselves. Hopefully, I can get more than one cup to dip because yeah. I'd like to I'd like to hold on to one. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe I have a friend and or co-host <laughs> that would like one. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. But I'm making a road trip across the country sweet, uh, next sweet month. Sweet sauce. So hopefully. Yeah, that's right. Hopefully. You got to di- divert up towards <laughs> Nebraska. That's right. Um, but yeah, so go check out that the, you know chicken website and uh, see if you can get your hands on that sauce. Rem- uh, and the sauce packets look really cool too. Yeah. So remember, it's know. it's buttermilkcrispytenders.com. And can I just say that seems like such a uh, a spammy slash virus invested <laughs> website. It it doesn't seem like a real website, but it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I well, I, I went on my unprotected computer just to be certain. Yes, just to be sure. You don't <laughs> you don't want to get in any trouble there. Yeah. Uh, also, also not just the sauce is back, but in also semi. Semi-pertinent news. Yeah, really semi. Uh, apathetic Enthusiasm is back, too. Uh, for those of you that don't know or, or wonder why we always say apatheticenthusiasm.com when we're talking about our website, uh, <laughs> this is not our first podcast. We've yeah. actually done a couple of other ones. And the first podcast, the podcast that started it all, was Apathetic Enthusiasm. And uh, we kind of went on hiatus when season three started because we completely invested our, our time and interest in Rick and Morty. And completely neglected our other podcast, but it's back. It's we actually recorded a new episode this last week, and you can find that on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you I don't know find podcasts. Do you want to do you want to talk about what we talked about, it's, or just just it's do back. you want to leave it a mystery? It's back and better than ever. Yeah, this is a, this this is interdimensional RSS. This is a Rick and Morty podcast. We actually talk about it on our first episode back from Athletic Enthusiasm. We talk about this podcast a little bit in and why it took us so long to get back to our other one. Uh, but we also talk about, we talk about some player unknown battlegrounds. We talk about Cuphead, the new game, and uh, we talk a few, about a few other things. So if you, if you like listening to us blather about 
then hey, apathetic enthusiasm is also yeah. Give, give it a shot, please. <laughs> and, and someone. And if you listen, let us know. We're looking for for topics for that as well. Uh, Sire Dark, our our old friend, who will shout out again at the end of the show. He already he he already sent us a few topics for us to look into. So. Uh, yeah, thanks for doing that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, corrections and other stuff, Brandon. Did we did we get any corrections this week? I don't. Do we, we get anything wrong? I don't think there was any corrections. I did. I did want to add that last week's episode. One of my favorite jokes in the episode was from Summer, where she was she made an Isaac Asimov joke, or <laughs> and I, I forget like Isaac Asshole or something. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and. and and I caught that upon rewatch, and I, I cracked up. I was like, "Oh shit, that was the one. That was the one I love." That's the one. That's the one you missed in your in your fave. I robot. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The the rules. The robot rules. Got it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that covers pretty much everything in semi pertinent news. Hopefully, we'll have some other news to speak of soon. Like I don't know, maybe a season four release date, yeah. or I don't know. I'm just gonna keep my hopes up every week. <laughs> until that actually happens. But until then, we still have one more episode to talk about. And so Brandon, it's time for the main thing. A doo wop a doo wop doo wop 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 doo wop doo wop doo wop 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 you got the main thing. A doo wop 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 good. Good classic music, Brandon. You got to you got to talk to uh What's his name? Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Elder. Elder. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I guess collab on something <laughs> Can't in the wait. off season. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, it is time for the main thing. And we have one last episode to talk about season finale of Rick and Morty, the Richurian Morty date, the heavy handed episode title, serious Rick and Morty puns happening there. Uh, originally we had considered the possibility that this may be about evil Morty. We may see evil Morty or president Morty again. Uh, but that was not the case, so I don't know. That, anyway. that, that, that uh, was not the case at all. No, it wasn't. But this episode, written by Dan Harmon, friend of the show. Dan the man. Not, not, a, friend, <laughs> yeah. not, not a friend of the show. And directed by Anthony Chun. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a recording and editing joke that I, I'm yeah, laughing yeah. at. That you, that you let's, Unity. Let's just say that maybe this is the second take, and in the last one I tried to read names again. <laughs> And then we did a second take. Dan, so, Dane right. Harmone. Uh, Dane Harmone. I'm going to get it right one of, day, <laughs> one of these days. Uh, all right. So the plot synopsis for this, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Rick and Morty get into a fight with the president. Beth has a mental breakdown and gets back together with Jerry. Rick is not amused. Was that, was uh, that, the, was that the synopsis bell that you just rang? <laughs> yeah. You, you didn't hear. I'm, I'm adding drops now. Uh, you, you made music with a Corona lid. I figured I'd bang my wedding ring on the desk while trying to read a you, synopsis. You, you can't you can't add new things at the very end of the season <laughs> we gotta stay flexible brandon it's time you know we gotta we gotta move things around okay uh so i don't know i th- we think we'll get into this a little bit more later um i felt like this was a good episode of rick and morty i did not walk away from it feeling like it was a strong finale especially upon first viewing of it. Um, what, what did you think um, immediately after watching the episode? I thought it was fantastic. It's, there's never been a better episode of this 
with this show. Never? Not one? Not even two or three episodes ago? Never. No, I loved it. No, uh, to be honest, here, here's how I'll rank it. I w- out of 10, out of 10 Gugas, I would give it, I would give it like a six and a half Gugas upon initial, oh. initial watch. I, I just li- just overall as an episode uh, n- upon first re- first watch okay first what six and a half to seven goo guys and I, I think after rewatching it i would i would keep it at seven goo guys no oh, okay and right. it, it's a it's a good episode of the show uh it's not it's not the best episode and i think that a lot of a lot of folks out there uh, have have said it better than i but I'll say it Absolutely. anyways because I'm I'm on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> this is my platform. <laughs> damn it! Get your own platform. But <laughs> no, like a, a few people, like uh, over on Facebook and and Discord, they they said it wasn't season finale material. And, and yeah, yeah, I and and I want to maybe after we get done talking about the episode completely, we can we can kind of finalize our thoughts on that. Uh, one of the things that I felt about this episode that maybe made it not as strong as it might be is um, I picked up a lot of things that it almost felt like Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon, like really just offloaded a bunch of stuff that they were particularly into, uh, into this episode. I, I listened to Harmontown a lot. So um, some of the things that Dan Harmon talks about on a regular basis, he kind of got brought up in this episode. Justin Roiland is, is as we know, huge into VR. And there was a, a moment when, uh, they had like VR headsets on and they were doing Minecraft and VR. Yeah. Uh, obviously the, the Guga reference from the channel one one days. Um, but yeah. And then Dan is, is currently really into Minecraft. He's playing it, uh, all the time. Uh, I love the, the drop that they, or the, the name drop they did for South park, uh, referencing the fact that, uh, they did it four years ago. Yeah. And, Oh God! Is is my audio really bad? Is that is that why you're making that face? <laughs> no, no. The reason I'm making that face was I opened up a website, and then the a website had an ad like an like an auto ad. And so as you're talking, which I'm you're saying something really interesting, I'm sure. <laughs> and it was just like, hey guys, we're coming in from from Comic Con, and we're here with Dan Harmon, <laughs> and and you're saying stuff that is it's pertinent to what but to this episode, and this this. This woman is talking about Comic-Con and being there with so, Dan Harmon. So what you're telling me is while I am giving <laughs> points about the show, you're busy surfing the internet. <laughs> well, yeah, I was, I was trying to find uh, top five best uses for sugar. And oh, okay. I, well, <laughs> I was actually, I was looking, looking for a specific Harmon quote about, about this episode, but uh, I, I'm sorry okay. for interrupting, Travis. Continue. No, it's fine. I was talking about Minecraft <laughs> and the fact that there were several Minecraft references, but that they did not pursue it any further because they specifically name dropped South Park and the fact that they did a Minecraft episode four years ago. Uh, that was funny, funnier <laughs> to me, more funny, if you will, <laughs> is uh, the joke immediately following where Morty says, wow, they're really fast. And then, oh, maybe we're just slow. I thought that was a nice little meta joke yeah. and a stab at the uh, the production schedule for season four. I uh, I I like the Minecraft thing. Uh, you know, I I South Park did the whole Simpsons did it gag, right? 
And, right. Yeah. And and I don't know. I don't know if this is that. If this is Rick and Morty's version of that joke, but that South Park did it. Uh, yeah. You know, that 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 kind of you know pay it forward, pay it forward in the animation yeah. business. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, and really, I mean, when you when you think about it, it it did take almost two years for season three to actually be released. And then you look at how many seasons South Park has done and the fact that they have an insane production schedule where they're turning out new episodes in like a week so that they can be super on top of current events. Yeah, like South Park is really, really fast. And Rick and Morty takes more time. It's just the way that their animation process is laid out. That's right. Uh, I I will say, though, that... You know, I I just started playing Minecraft again with my my brother-in-law not too like maybe, maybe about a month ago and then when there's there's updates to it so you can play on Switch at the same time you're playing with Xbox same time you're playing with Windows 10 people and it's just it spoke to me. It it was, timing is perfect in this show. It's it's it spoke to me. Uh yeah, that I, fresh new game <laughs> just hitting the scene. Minecraft. I really like the the uh, Rick's. I mean, this is one of my favorite bits. Uh, but when Morty says, "You can use that wood to make a chest," and Rick <laughs> says, "Oh, good. Then I can store all this wood I need later for chest making." <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, true. All right. So along with their their biting commentary on Minecraft, uh, they also covered another one of Dan Harmon's favorite bits. And that is his frustration with politics, uh, specifically the fact that Rick and Morty just blew off America. Um, and, and that sort of transitioned into more or less the overarching theme for, uh, I don't know, the A plot with Rick and Morty uh, going toe to toe with the president. So really, the, the episode starts with what we saw in, in the scenes for next week. Uh, Rick and Morty are called into the White House to deal with some sort of Guga that's crawling around the, I believe, Kennedy sex tunnels. Yeah, that's right. And 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 as they're down there and, and they're taking care of him, like they're just bored. They're they're like, this is not fun. They're not having a good time. And they decide to pretty much just blow off the president and not be his his version of the Ghostbusters. Yeah. That, that that's <laughs> that's absolutely right. I I I just like the 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 veiled political aspects of the show it, and Harmon in the same interview that I'm I'm trying to <laughs> scroll through as you're talking uh he, he he says something about like how Rick and Morty isn't inherently political it's fairly apolitical and it's the same thing I've I've said about about filmmaking in the sense that like even documentaries they're inherently biased no matter no matter what they they have a shred of bias in there because we're human and we have points of view. And so as I was watching this episode and the, the, you know, Rick and Morty blow off America and they're saying like swinging Dick president, stuff like that. Um, you know, this insecurities, he flaunts his insecurities and stuff like that. I, I can't, I can't help but think that they were still writing this at the beginning of the year, uh, when all this stuff was going on and, you know, and maybe, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm, uh, projecting my, <laughs> uh, way of life into it. But I, I, I felt like that was a strong, uh, perspective. I, I, I definitely think there were some, some pointed, uh, remarks, uh, towards, uh, 
maybe maybe not just this president, but also the office of the president in general. Yeah. Um and and maybe just the US political system and things like that. So, yeah, I I do you feel like this episode was trying to push a specific political message or do you think it was more of just a general frustration with maybe US politics and and sort of the the presidency as as it is right now? You know, for our for our, our political uh, podcast here, the one that we haven't created and never will because we're too <laughs> we we don't we don't like that. Um and we're not supposed to voice our opinions on that. I will say that I think that this it, it wasn't it wasn't like taking a side necessarily, but it was it was venting. It was like listening to Harmon on stage in front of everybody <laughs> just just rant about uh whatever whatever politics he's he's thinking about that day. Uh so I I I felt I felt that way in a lot of ways. I felt that way in a lot of ways. All right. I want to say ways. Good. I'm going to use the Waze app well, to get to the story. The, you use the Waze app. All right. Uh, so with, with this episode, there there was a significant conflict between the president and Rick and Morty, and it really seemed to stem initially from this uh, differing set of opinions on the relationship between Rick and Morty and the president. Uh, the president seemed to think that he was doing Rick and Morty a favor by not arresting them, even though... <laughs> He quote he said that they break a thousand federal laws a day, to which they responded and sort of like, oh cool, oh I did a thousand, wow <laughs> impressive, uh yeah, and then Rick and Morty sort of had this counter thought where instead of feeling like they were receiving a favor from the U.S. government, they felt like they were doing the government a favor every time they step in to save the Earth or take care of any particular X-Files type problem that they have. And so both of them felt like they were the ones that were sort of bringing more to the table in that relationship. And so then when Rick decides, Hey, you know, we're, we're done. The, the, the president doesn't take that very well. Right. And, and all, and all anybody wants is for Morty to get a selfie with the president. And, and even, even that, as we find out, he doesn't even need one. It you know he can he can take it or leave it at this point, <laughs> but but Rick is so stubborn into getting his grandson what he wanted at one point in time that the the conflict just keeps going. It's like it's like I, a never ending circle. This, it's it's interesting and and I have this set aside for some bigger questions, but I think it I think it works to ask it now. Why do you feel that Rick continued to push the issue? with the selfie to the point where they're blowing up rooms in the white house to get Morty, the selfie, even though Morty is very clearly saying, no, it's cool. I'm past it. I don't, I don't want the selfie. He said it like 800 times. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. I, I, I think it's just a matter of his, his position being challenged. Like Rick is, is saying, Hey, I'm, I can do what I want when I want you. You're not, you're not telling me how to live my life. I'm not, I don't, you know, <laughs> what Morty says about being president, being a civil servant. Technically he works for, for them. Right. Uh, I, along those lines, like you don't tell, you don't tell Rick what to do. And he, and he says it in his like little rant. He's like, I'm fucking doctor who in this, yeah, this shit. Exactly. Uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's interesting to me because I feel like even though Rick, 
is saying he's trying to get this selfie for Morty. I think this is another situation where Rick's pride is almost getting in the way. And and Rick is saying, I can I'm smart enough to control any situation, including making the president of the United States give a selfie or do a selfie with Morty. Like even I'm going to make the president do something that he doesn't want to do, even if it is as simple as taking a picture. And so, whereas the president also a very high status position who feels like he can get away with what he wants to do and, and isn't going to be controlled by this scientist, this crazy scientist that he's that neither one of them is willing to back down. And I think their stubbornness is what escalates it further. I, I think realistically maybe Rick is again, trying to show Morty that he is the one that can give him the things that he wants. And even if Morty doesn't necessarily want it anymore, Rick is still trying to be that guy. That's like, look at me. I'm the one you need to look up to. Don't look up to, the vindicators don't look up to these other organizations. Don't look up to the president. I'm the one that yeah. that is supposed to be the one you're looking up to. That's that's right, and that's that's a good, that's a good call because at at the end of the episode, when we see that that Morty would rather run away, hide from Rick with the rest of the family, happy in a cabin somewhere that they've been to to hide before, evidently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that that he'd rather he'd rather be there at that point in time, and Rick Rick says it best when he talks about Jerry's vacuous little roots, uh, t- you know, taking control of everyone, and yeah, like Rick Rick loses Rick the, he starts the season with being in a position of power and winning everything essentially, right? He's the patriarch of the family to the end of the season where and this universe. Yeah, that's right. And then the end of the season where he's nothing. He's he's back. He's back to I forget which article it was maybe a Polygon, uh, where he's the outsider again. Absolutely. Uh, I and I think this is a good time to transition into the the B plot of the episode where we reconnect with Beth. She has just come off a a big decision in her life. They they carry right on from the ABCs of Beth, where she has made this decision to either leave and leave in her place a clone that will live and love her family as she would or to stay and not go off but then actually be with her family and and have that decision to stay and allow that to be the changing force in her life well very quickly as she is uh, with summer at the mall and summer is trying on what i felt was an awful looking outfit. I, I understand <laughs> it was, I don't, it was supposed to be, I, I don't know what it was supposed to be, but I, I was like, no, hard I, pass. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I think it was, I think that when I saw that image, the, the first thing I thought was, okay, yeah, I get it. Quit. You're, you're I felt like that was a, a poking fun at people with crushes on summer joke but i also felt that it was a legitimately tacky outfit it didn't look good like the colors didn't match and it was just i'm not a designer by any means but i felt but i felt like she could have used some some advice yeah but it was also one of those situations where sometimes when you have uh divorced parents 
and all of a sudden their their set of standards changes because they want to be considered the cool parent. Yeah. Like I almost I almost thought it was going to go in that direction where Beth's like, yeah, no, you could totally wear that because I'm the cool, fun parent now that that lets you get lets you do the stuff that you want to do and just make sure you use protection and blah blah blah. Yeah. But very quickly when Summer's like, oh, I actually enjoy hanging out with you and you feel like a totally different person this starts those seeds in beth's mind like wait a minute am i a totally different person am i actually the clone and she goes through a very rapid sort of existential crisis where she is she's no longer certain of who she is and she spends the rest of the episode trying to (laughs) figure that out yeah and and that of course takes her straight into the arms or uh, Indian, oh, can we say that? Can we say Indian, Indian position? Crisscross applesauce. <laughs> Crisscross applesauce. That's what the kids are using these That's days. That's right, cross-legged uh, in, in Jerry's apartment. And and Jerry talking, telling her, because she, she goes to him basically and says, you know me inside and out, um, so have sex with me, I guess. And instead he, he has her sit cross-legged, and then he tells her a story about when they were in high school going to a concert together. Oh, uh Alan Silvestri in the park, a famous composer. <laughs> you might recognize him from Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Predator, which is my favorite song of his. It doesn't matter. Anyway, and, and he's, uh, he, he's described. As the brass section is swelling <laughs> as the man is burning in the lava. <laughs> yes, with Tommy Lee Jones, Volcano. I saw that movie in the theater, by the way. Not, not, not proud of it. Okay. Not, not, not bragging, <laughs> just not, stating a fact. Not bragging, not proud. And anyway, so... I I liked this part, right? Because it showed that despite how how much of a loser Jerry is, he's always been a loser. He's always been kind of just an awkward teenager growing into an awkward full grown man. Adult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, you know, he he's he's genuine in that way. And, you know, he he shows us and, and somebody I read this I feel like I'm just repeating everybody else's thoughts, but like that's one of the first times that we actually like he's really likable because he's just he's just a nice guy a nervous kid who wants to kiss somebody and he has gets sweaty palms but not sweaty lips yeah and then Snickers hands <laughs> Snickers which you know you don't you never want to go in with the Snickers hands that's always especially because <laughs> my wife is allergic to peanuts and so you know that's that's just yeah can't happen it's a it's a nut uh, it's a nut free household over there. <laughs> <laughs> that's right uh but yeah it's it's interesting because in that moment you see sort of what's always been there which is jerry completely in love with beth and has always looked up to beth and has always admired beth and and Beth's immediate reaction after after reliving that event is i remember hating that night i remember looking at back at it with such you know disgust but now reliving it she she recognizes that the person she was with, like what he was going through and what he was experiencing, and it gives her a different appreciation for Jerry, I think. And and in that moment, she realizes that she does love Jerry, despite what they've been through and despite some of the flaws that Jerry has. And so this, after he <laughs> struggles for words and lands with Don Cheadle, <laughs> uh, they end up reconnecting. And and decide to get back together, which, you know, not to toot my own horn, toot toot. but toot toot. Uh, we did speculate about this a little bit last week after the ABCs of Beth. I did 
suggest that potentially there would be a scenario where they do get back together and it is not the same Beth and Jerry who have been struggling through their marriage, but potentially we would get a Beth and Jerry that find a new appreciation for each other. And I mean, it, Did, wait, we haven't seen it yet in season four and they could completely shift gears on the, in the finale, but <laughs> or in the, in the premiere, yeah, yeah. but as, as of right now, they are definitely not going through the same sort of marital problems that they have been uh, seasons one through three. That's that's right. And that was my biggest uh, aversion to them getting back together is we don't I didn't want I don't want the status quo of them. Their their standard uh, B story being about Beth and Jerry fighting all the time and, and trying to connect with their, their marriage. Uh, so at, at the tail end, when Beth says it's going to be like season one, just without my uh, trying to find my my father's approval. We're, we're, yeah, yeah, it's a little bit more streamlined, <laughs> uh, not constantly seeking her father's approval, um, which I think could be very interesting. Do you, what do you think about this new concept of the family all getting along and maybe being sort of like this nuclear family that that maybe doesn't have some of the problems that they had in seasons one and two, and how Rick may have to adjust in that situation. I feel like it ends up being like a, a King of Queens or <laughs> like, like, a, like a, it just becomes like standard, like sitcom fodder. Yeah. Single, and, single and camera very... setup uh, with a live audience. And it's just, they're in Starburn's castle and they're just live doing the episodes every, every week. Uh, really, really important question. And, and it pertains to the scene. Well, what is your favorite type of sugar chicken from Panda Express? Uh, I uh, come on, it's orange chicken. Come on, w- hey, what what uh, what cashew chicken is that? Is that? <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be real honest with you. I go for the uh, black pepper chicken Beijing beef combo. Oh, uh, big fan, big I, fan. I always I always do orange chicken and the broccoli beef. That's that's my hey. that's my go to. All right, Panda Express. Not a sponsor. Pete. Uh, all right, moving on. Let's 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 get into a few of our our favorite bits. Uh, we've we've already tackled a few of these, but uh, one of one of the things that probably made me laugh the loudest in this episode is when Rick and Morty uh, went into Brazil, into the Amazon to try and help with the conflict going on there. Rick uh, has some guns pointed at him as he's trying to get out of the spaceship, and he says, "Whoa, you don't want to do that." The casualties would be in the Brazilians. <laughs> Get it? It's a pun and a, a warning or whatever. It's so good. I I lost it when he said Brazilians. I yeah. I had, I think I had to rewind it to catch what they said next. <laughs> uh, I I really uh, along those lines. The Sanchez Sanchezium <laughs> when, they, when yeah. they put the handcuffs on Rick and he's like he he takes them off right away. And he's like I just made that up. Don't believe everything you read on Wikipedia. But then they call they off call the, off the pirates. <laughs> uh, oh, that one was real. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, that was that was awesome. Um, the 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 one thing I the other thing that I liked uh, in this episode was the seventies shrinking party of one. Seventies shrinking <laughs> party of one, and then uh, when the president is in uh, in this gargantuan. I said in the uh, mega gargantuan yes, kingdom. It was yes. 
which was which was named, of course, before they realized how small they were. When he's getting bigger, <laughs> and uh, she's like, uh, what, "What was line? I, I wrote down here. I just have to find it in the notes again." But uh, oh yeah, awkwardly enlarges at the rate of a fifties movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, those, those, I like the, that they only gave him the shirt too. Like, <laughs> yeah. and that it gets like way too small that by the time. Best he gets president the ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Let's see. So uh, we I talked about Alan Silvestri before, and I I just want to throw this out there. I love I love Alan Silvestri, Predator. Um, but he also did some other movies. And what I want to do, what I want to do, Travis, is just say, uh, which which Alan Silvestri movie is your your favorite? You can just you can just start talking, and I, I will I will I will shoot you some some suggestions. And then you tell me. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna need a little bit of help with this, Brandon, because off the top of my head, I can't name an Alan Silvestri movie. <laughs> so that that's that's fine. So let let's start back in way back in 1984, Romancing the Stone, Back to the Future, Cat's Eye, uh, Stephen King compilation movie, Flight of the Navigator, Mac and Me, The Abyss, Predator Two, Back to the Future Two. Father of the Bride, uh, Super Mario That's Brothers. It. That's the one. Father. No. So for me, I, although when you said Flight of the Navigator, that's like, I mean, that one hits home. Yeah. But uh, Back to the Future is probably tops on there. I know that if my wife was answering this question, it would definitely be Father of the Bride. Okay. All right. Like, yeah. Like or, or Contact or Volcano, obviously, 1997. <laughs> uh, yeah. Neither of those. Definitely not. Either of those. Ooh, how about I'm ready, sure his the list. Ready wait, Player what? One. Ready Player One. TBD. <laughs> TBD. We'll see. We'll see how that actually pans uh, out. Uh, all right. All right, Brandon. It's 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 time for some thoughts from Unity. And and Unity, you were definitely uh, vocal about this episode. You had some some hot takes, some <laughs> some some feels about uh, how it all played out. And let's start off with some of the input from Facebook and our Discord server. Yeah, that's right. So the the, uh, j- the few folks uh, on Facebook and also Discord, um, Rawling, Lux Savage, those are the last names. Uh, Terry and Levi on Discord uh, says it was they, again. They said it wasn't season finale material, and to swap it with Tales from the Citadel. And what, what do you th- what do you think of that, Travis? Swapping this so episode I, for another one in the season. I I had somebody I work with mentioned that as well they're like oh the evil morty episode that that should have been the finale and one of the things that i felt sort of wouldn't sit well with me in that case is that the the tales from the citadel was an amazing episode but it really didn't deal with our rick and morty or the family that we have as a staple in the show It, it was a it was a fantastic episode but i would have felt cheated if the last episode had nothing going on with like our Rick and Morty and it was all this other story. So I, I maybe if it was the episode, like the penultimate episode, if it was the one right before the finale, yeah. but then again, maybe, and I'm sure there's a lot of discussions that went into the organization of the season and everything like that. It was, it was a terrific episode. It could have been a great finale. It had the, the punch at the end with, with evil Morty and everything. 
that made it feel like that whoa finale type of feeling. Whoa. But upon multiple rewatches of this episode, I feel like there's it's it's in a much more subtle way, there are some things going on that have a little bit of that finale cliffhanger sort of sort of vibe. Yeah. I, I mean, I I I agree with the folks I just mentioned and everyone else who agrees uh with with me and us with them. We all agree with each other. Uh, I I think that Tales from a Citadel is just is just a much better way to end a season because it's again it's it's Jerry I mean, this episode has Rick losing at the very end of it. So it does have that kind of bookend feel, but the same could be said for tales of the Citadel as well saying, you know, at the, at the end of it all, uh, Rick has lost in a, in a larger scale as well because of all this, this damages he wrought. So if he's, if he's lost just a small battle with Jerry having his family again, he's also lost the, the larger battle with not paying attention to the big things. And I think, and next week, uh, we're going to take a look at season three as a whole and sort of analyze the big picture of the season. But I do think that some, so many of the events in the first episode of season three were all about Rick getting the power and getting the, you know, being the best in the universe, toppling the Citadel, toppling the council of Rick's and, and getting Jerry out. And and by the time we get to the end, all of that's sort of been undone in some way, shape, or form, and and Rick is left sort of like a, what, why, why, why am I, what am I doing? Like, and 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 while he, I think he, uh, inherently wants to be with the family and wants to be with Morty, he's he's definitely not in the place he wants to be, in in sort of the hierarchy of the family. Yeah. I, I think that I really think that Tales from the Citadel needed to be because I, I don't want that episode watered down because I, I really do think that it is one of, if not the best episode of the series. Yeah. And so I wouldn't want to water it down in that way. But I think that if they were to somehow uh, combine this episode with Rick losing to to Jerry, but also show that Rick all the stuff with the Citadel. We started the season on the Citadel. We started the Citadel with Rick beating Jerry. Well, we end the season with the Citadel changing into something com- much more terrible and uh, Jerry getting the family back. Uh, and realistically in this episode, we see Rick ultimately winning in the end in his fight against the president. He, he gets the president to submit to take the selfie, but his focus on that fight is, is what, kind of gives everyone else the opening to step in. And so I, it's an, it's another situation where right where he thinks he's winning, he's actually in the middle of losing all the things that he really wants to hold on to having the family and, and being sort of in charge in that, in that position. So it is, it is really interesting to see the shift in just a few minutes from Rick being the one to be like the best on the planet and then to be the one that has to put on fly fishing gear to <laughs> sort of appease the president as well as the rest of the family. Yeah. Fly fishing, Rick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, just, I just love fly fishing as you can see by this hat. That, that's right. 
so does that mean you agree with our friend Cyrodark? Hey, shout out to him again. Uh, when he says, when he compares this to an Apple product? Uh, yeah, he he provided a, a quote, I think, from Steve Jobs and, and talking about sort of uh, form versus function and, and those sorts of things. And I apologize for not having it up and ready to read as we go through the episode. But yeah, I, I do think, and at, at this point I've watched the season finale three times. And, and I think my appreciation for it grows each time I watch it. Yeah. It definitely, it definitely still doesn't have the weight I feel of a season finale, but it, there are things in that they're leaving us with lasting questions that are things we can talk about for the next year, two mm-hmm. years, four years, however long it takes to make <laughs> another season of this, this show that we like so much. So, um, I don't know. I, I do, I do appreciate it more as I look at it a little bit deeper. I, I, I gotcha. I gotcha. Uh, the Grant Ramos over on, on Twitter asked that if, if Beth referencing season one kind of confirms that she's a clone, uh, and that only Rick and Mr. Poopy Butthole have referenced that they're in a show. What what do you think about that? Yeah, I, it's interesting that they... I think there have been a few instances in this season where more characters have sort of broken the fourth wall or made a joke that was a little bit more meta and, and, and talked about things that... Uh, sort of sort of like with... Uh, the Morty's mind blowers when, mm-hmm. when summer makes her joke about no wonder you guys are always uh, like behind and bickering or something like that. Yeah. That was clearly a joke kind of pointed towards the production staff. And, and yeah, I think <coughs> I'm excuse me. This is, this is just an opportunity for, for Beth to, to break the fourth wall. I don't think it confirms that she's a clone, but I mean, I guess it, it does make it a possibility. Yeah, I mean, it could be, it, it could be, it could be a little bit of anything. Who knows? Maybe she's not a clone. Maybe she's a hologram, or, or a robot, uh, being controlled by Beth. And a, yeah, a, it could, could be anything. It could be a robot controlling holograms. Yeah. That, uh, but I want to, I want to know, and we, and I asked this last week, but what's your gut tell you? Do you, do you think she's a clone, or do you think she's definitely not? I. Okay, we talk, we talk about this again, and I. This is this is me. Every episode of the season or of the <laughs> series from now on, I'll ask you this question. Keith Keith David, who voiced the president and reversed giraffe, who was in the thing, him and <laughs> uh, he he's at he's at the end of the thing, and it it's the two of them just sitting in the Antarctic, and you're not supposed yeah. to know you're not really supposed to know who's the thing anymore if 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 right. either of them are, and. Uh, I go back to the David Lynch school of not telling your secrets until they need to be told or if ever in the, right. I don't, I don't know. And I don't think it's my place to get obsessed with knowing what it is. We, I, I, it's a tool. It's a tool in the writer's pocket if they want to utilize it. But I, I think it's a more interesting concept to, to not know. And to, I mean, what does that say about your identity? If, if you, if you have an identical you that has all your memories and all your emotions, everything, that's part of why I don't necessarily like Beth in this episode. She could still be a clone. She could still be a clone. 
It, yeah, but it does. But it doesn't matter because it doesn't. It doesn't necessarily make her less bad. She's a, She has agency, no matter if she's a clone or if yeah. she's one of a infinite number of Beths out in the world doing yeah. the same thing. I I also find it I like not that there are clear cut like definitive answers, but Rick says many times that she's not a clone, and you can easily interpret that as Rick is just saying that to cover up the fact that she is a clone. But there's a point when he's talking to Morty on the phone and they, they've kind of stowed away in the cabin where he, Rick almost desperately is like, I think it's right after Morty reveals that, that Beth has gotten back together with Jerry. He's he like, she's not a clone. Like, <laughs> yeah. like he's like, just like foot stomping it. Like this, it is, she needs to stop. This is not the situation. Completely exasperated. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, it it doesn't it doesn't seem to me like that's him still trying to cover it up. It feels like he's just like really like come on, why is everyone acting so crazy? This is not what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I I I like the 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 part uh, at the end where she's you know Rick Rick shows up with the M16 or M14 which whichever it was. I I should probably know the difference between those, but he you know like She's like, well, you have a gun. You're here to kill me, obviously. And he's like, no, that's for Jerry. Um, and I, I, we talked about it on the Discord last night, just briefly. But I, I thought it would be such a a better way to kind of subvert audience expectations to not answer the question of whether or not Beth is a clone or not. But if Rick comes out there and then he shoots, he shoots Rick. Uh, sorry, he doesn't shoot himself. Yeah, he shoots Morty, Jerry, and Summer, and, and says, yeah, like. You, you're, you're not a clone. You're having this crisis about being free and all this type of stuff, but they're the ones who are, are clones. Like mm. I, I thought oh, that would dang. be like a kind of a mind that, blower. Yeah. That would have, that would have been, that would have thrown everybody for a loop. Uh, but it, it also would have probably jeopardized some of the stakes and the things that we feel for some of the other characters and things. I don't know. I don't know. Could have happened. Yeah, but maybe maybe it maybe it was in a draft somewhere. Yeah, it could have uh, we'll could have been a cliffhanger. Is all, is all I'm saying. That could have been a different kind of cliffhanger, other than like the kind of joking middle of the season type of joke we got at the very end of the episode. Right. Uh, did you notice? And and I'm gonna loop this back around to Minecraft because there were several Minecraft <laughs> themes in this episode. But did you notice that the president's portal was in some ways very reminiscent of like a Nether portal in Minecraft? Uh, <laughs> like just sort of they had a platform and the way it like came together and then they actually activated it by lighting a lighting a lighter to to turn it on <laughs> they did it twice yeah. in the episode and both times i was like hey that's and then it was blue in color too and i was just like that that's kind of how a nether portal works in minecraft hey, so yeah you're, uh, you're right you're right with that with the flint <laughs> you get the yes the flint. exactly <laughs> uh, i didn't notice that yeah good 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 call uh <laughs> i there, there was a, there was another thing that I I wanted to say about the uh, I, so I just recently read one of the newest Rick and Morty comics and in it, uh, Rick find like Jerry says like ah you know I could like I could be Hitler or something like that or or Jerry says that and Rick pulls out a gun and then like scans Jerry and it says he he's only forty nine percent Hitler and and so Morty's like whoa that can tell people who could be potentially a Hitler-esque character. He's like, yeah. So then they go around the, the multiverse killing people who scan like 90 to 100% uh, Hitler. 
Hitler sort of like a future crime unit, like a <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Minority Report situation, exactly, yeah, yeah. And eventually, like Morty is killing so many fascists that Jerry, uh, Rick says to him, like, uh, you know, you can stop this. And Morty says, well, if I'm not doing this, who's going to be doing it? And Rick says, well, there's there's an infinite versions of you doing the same exact thing, killing fascists. So you you can take a break. You don't have to do this. And Morty's convinced, so he sits on the couch and he starts playing a video game. And the final panel of that comic is the top of it is Morty. He's playing a video game on the couch, and it splits into two. And then different versions of Morty are sitting on the couch playing a video game. And it keeps splitting and splitting and splitting and splitting and splitting. Infinite versions, all doing the same exact thing, not killing fascists. But the reason I bring that up is the very end of this episode when Rick first confronts them. And says, nothing you think matters, matters. This isn't special. This is happening infinite times across infinite realities. There's infinite. Uh, and then he talks about infinite timelines. Why would I stay here? But I, to me, this is, this, this is directly talking about like how our kind of crutch of talking about infinite realities and, and stuff like that. Uh, when we're like, oh, well, it could be this Morty, or it could be this Rick, or it could be C-138 Morty. Uh, In the sense that, like, yeah, everything that happens on the Citadel is one thing, but there are all these different versions of these people who are doing the same exact thing, including summer farting. Right, yeah. it's, And and I think think that's important, like, uh, why all the the Ricks made a, a fruity land for their Beth. Why why all these Ricks across different timelines have had similar experiences and been through, through different things. Like the Mortys aren't that different across all the timelines. And so, and so a lot of the things that are happening are happening everywhere. And yeah, there's minor changes or, or maybe there's aesthetic changes, but for the most part, a lot of these things are happening everywhere and, or with very little change. And so for, to say like, well, why doesn't Rick just go? Well, it's, is it going to be that different? everywhere else yeah maybe maybe in some places if he finds the right place um but but i think that leads to uh, chuck punch's question from twitter where he asks why does rick stay yeah and and i don't i don't know is this is this sort of the basis for your reasoning that that he feels like leaving would not really be like the situation wouldn't be any different anywhere else or yeah or do you think there's another reason i I, th- I think it could definitely lead into that the answer to that question in that yeah i mean they they've gone to different worlds because you know it's a pain in the ass to move earths it is but usually those earths are where the other rick and morty's are gone they're they're dead right, or or, yeah. or or maybe they left their planet for some reason and so maybe maybe rick just he's just tired he's getting old you know and and everywhere everywhere he goes is going to be summer farting at that <laughs> at that crucial Outside time. the cabin and really forced again like it was <laughs> yeah it was not ready like she she, she she made that happen maybe there was a version where she actually shot herself <laughs> it's possible <laughs> ruins the ruins the white pants that, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um yeah i don't know i i do i do get the sense that that rick does have a connection with the family he definitely has a connection with morty and doesn't want to throw that away. I think over the three seasons of the show, he has established a bond with Morty that he doesn't want to just walk away from. 
So even if he is unhappy with the current family situation, he's not just going to run away from it. He may make attempts in the future to, you know, rock the boat a little bit more, but he's not just going to walk away for the hope of a different family that will, that will act differently. Right. Yep. Good, good call. Good call, Travis. Good call. Good talk. All right. Well, well, that's, (laughs) that's our thoughts on the, on the season finale and, and, and a few of your thoughts as well. But uh, if there's anything we missed, anything we didn't cover, like I said, next week, we want to do a full season recap. So definitely get your thoughts into us and maybe we can cover those in the next episode as we look at all 10 seasons or all 10 episodes of season three. Uh, but until then, until then, we have one more featured segment on, on the, on the podcast. It's time for listener suggestions and short outs. Brandon LSSO first. Those LSS over on Patreon. Special thanks to weasel fresh, but not easy. Thank you. Thank you for supporting this show. You are spectac fam fabulous. Yes. And you great, get your own word. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, over on the, the tweeters, uh, we, we did cover some thoughts on the episode, but a few other things. Uh, Stacy's Parlor uh, discussing... Uh, Keith, Keith David. Keith, yeah. A Keith David conversation. Keith David is you, a god. You were sort of, sort of rocking this... This interaction, uh, what what exactly went down? Oh yeah, she you know, she told us her her thoughts on the show. She said that Keith A was a god, and then I agreed with with her, and then she said that she met him at a con one time, but they got really nervous when he signed her thing book. And then Keith David was like, "Oh really? What did I say?" He said that on Twitter, and then she then she responded, and then I sent her a DM. I was like, "You have to get him, get him for your podcast, yeah. Stacy's Parlor. You have an in now. Let's." <laughs> Uh, and, and Keith David, I don't know if you want to talk about the show with us yeah. or just do a promo. We'll, th- we'll take a just promo. Just do a promo. That, man, I, I, man that, I, would, that I, would, I would kill Keith David uh, for a promo. Wait. That boy, wait. <laughs> Strike that. Strike that. Uh, all right. Moving on. Uh, Tensai214 yeah. uh, says, at Rick and Morty, one of my favorite lines from this show, from the show, let's get the F out of H. Uh, what about you guys? What about you? Uh, I don't. I don't recall that line, per se. Do you? Do you recall? It doesn't doesn't matter if I recall. Travis, answer the answer the question. What about my you favorite guys? line? Yeah, favorite line from the show. Period or from this episode? Yeah, period. It's it wasn't oh. in this episode. It was in general. All right. Uh, yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't prep for that. <laughs> uh, I'm so I'm gonna go with the Brazilians line because it's. <laughs> I still love it. Uh, okay. That I mean that that works. That works just fine. Uh, yeah, the, 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 for me, it's, it's probably the quote of, uh, let's just go watch TV. Let's go watch TV. And I don't remember oh, the exact yeah. quote. I don't remember. I'm sorry. Some kind of fan. I am. I don't remember the exact. No, quote. Nobody exists on purpose. Blah, blah, blah. Watch TV. Put it all in a backpack. Something like that. WWW Rick and Morty. Shit. www.rickandmorty.com. <laughs> Szechuan. Hundred years, ninety-seven years. WWW. Yep. Uh, uh, and, 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 yeah. So there, there you go. Ten side two and four. Clearly, we we prepared for this. Uh, I wrote it Our down. Wonderfully haphazard answer <laughs> to your question. Uh, I apologize. Uh, Jason Abraham, the Wikipedia page for Rick. You want to talk about that, Travo? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so Jason sent a few direct messages over to us on Twitter about uh, 
the references to Rick's Wikipedia page huh. from the episode and actually sent us links to the Wikipedia page, which do in fact reference uh, that San Sanchezium uh-huh. uh, as being his weakness as well as his fear of pirates. So I, I don't know if it was done immediately following the episode, or but my guess is someone on the writing staff got out there and updated his Wikipedia page uh, <laughs> before the episode aired. Uh, so so nice little touch, nice little detail from the crew there by updating Rick's Wikipedia. Yeah, heck heck yeah. Uh, I'm I mean while while we're talking, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna look at the editing history on that page. Um, <laughs> uh, let's well let's move over to uh, an email that we got from from Amber last week after the ABCs of Beth episode. Uh, she asked a lot of interesting questions in this email, including uh, why does Rick care about the neighborhood kids why was he trying to protect the neighborhood kids from beth uh and if he had the cloning technology why wouldn't he just clone the other kids or or offer to to do the sort of things that he did for beth in the episode um i don't know if she also mentions that maybe beth tried to use the stickers the tracking stickers that that were made for her uh uh, maybe to, to to track rick a lot of interesting stuff in there i don't know i think I think it was clear in ABCs of Beth that that Rick was like I wasn't a good dad. Like in general, like even though Beth was a sociopath, like he wasn't necessarily the most attentive right. and maybe it was easier for him in his abilities and technology to just stash Beth away in Freebie Land instead of going through the trouble. I mean, didn't he say it takes like 2 or 3 hours to clone someone? Yeah, like Rick. Rick doesn't have that kind of time. He <laughs> he makes he makes the procedurally generated clouds and the breathable river, and then he's like, "All right, Beth, you're good. Now I can go back to whatever it is that I have to do." Um, but yeah, yeah. And in, in, in that sense, maybe he's not. Maybe he's not such a bad father. You know, sure. like I, I yeah, gave. He's such I gave, a bad dad. Oh, I gave my kid like a, a bucket of ice and said, "You know, if you get hungry, <laughs> dig in. Chow down." <laughs> Uh, uh, Amber also mentions that maybe if season four does take too long, to, too long to come out, uh, maybe instead of going on a, on a long hiatus, we do like monthly podcasts instead or something like that. Uh, I appreciate the input, Amber. We are, we are currently hard at work at interdimensional RSS industries, uh, trying <laughs> to determine our off season schedule, uh, that will somehow, uh, go back and forth with apathetic enthusiasm and, We'll try to a lot of people asking uh, why we haven't done season one and season two reviews in their entirety. Well, well, hot darn <laughs> this, hot. this is a, uh, this is a, a prime time to get those, those episodes out of the way. Hot dog, hot diggity dog. And we'll probably team up with wisecrack for some of those. Cause that's, that's what we do as, as, <laughs> as podcasters and friends. <laughs> yes. Uh, we have, we have a, a handful of reviews this week to cover. Uh, first up again from weasel harmony, uh, loves the podcast and appreciates how we represent the Rick and Morty community. Thank you. Thank, thank you for that. Thank, thank you. We, we really, I want to, I want to say, you know, this, as far as the season closing up and I know we're going to have our, our thing next week, but I just want to say this right now to emphasize it was, it's always been me and Travis talking but like our opinions are just two opinions out of the massive amount of fans that are out there uh, for Rick and Morty. So we we never pro- proclaim to be experts on the show. Uh, 
we're just fans like you and we appreciate you guys unity bringing us that input and and talking to us and and sharing this experience of season three together absolutely uh another review from quite the fellow who signed this as mike uh it was a very long review but the the real uh the real note here was that uh sometimes we approach the show with with rose colored glasses uh mike feels that we sometimes uh say we love every episode and that he thinks that this was maybe the weakest season of of the three. Uh, I think we can get into that in a little bit more detail next week. But uh, yeah, I think by and large we do approach the episodes with with a positive attitude. Um, not everyone is our favorite, but I think by the time we get around to recording the podcast, we've we've done a little bit more research and analyzed it and found the things we do like, and maybe we, maybe we just tend to to hype those a little bit more yeah i think that i think that's what it is because we i think we said a couple times throughout the season that upon first watch and i even said it in this one right after i I joked about loving it immensely in that like the first time you watch it it, it's not that it's not that great and i think it's because we are focusing on we, we we watch it the first time and we're like okay it's hyped let's let this be funny so we can talk about it on the podcast and it's not until we watch it two to three more times, we're like, okay, now we now we can actually sit back and enjoy it for what it is, and not try to be critical about it. And, and I think that's I think that's a big part of what makes these episodes better. Even Rick Moore, the first season, I think a couple of those episodes, I, 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 it took time to warm up to them, and then I realized how awesome they were. And in some sense, I think that's the way many episodes in this season are. And I think we've watched seasons one and two so many times that there we we have favorable opinions on those seasons because of the things that we really enjoy in them, and we look at them almost as a whole as as being really great, and they're the things that made us fall in love with the show in the first place. Yeah. So, uh, and I th- I think as the Blu-rays roll out, as I as I go through my DVR multiple times huh. and and revisit season three, I I do think this will end up uh, not being looked at as the worst season necessarily, but yeah, it's definitely a different season. It's, it's a very darker season and there are some things that they tackled or tried in this, this season that were, were a lot different, but no. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. And, 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 the, and the last, the last thing I'll say too is you, the, the first two seasons are really, really, really good. Uh, but as we're, yeah. as we're talking about the episodes, as they happen here uh, during the season, you know, it, it, it we have to focus on the episodes then and and now and and I I I don't I don't feel comfortable necessarily saying well this episode wasn't as good again as episode two as Lawnmower Dog like I I try to take an individualistic approach to the episodes themselves so that I'm sure. not always comparing them so anyway that's whatever. So- Solid point. Quite the fellow, him. Mike. Uh, thank you for the review. Th- thank you. Thank you, Mike. Uh, finally, the Alexa or the Alex Alcala. I don't know. It's all one word. It's, it's, these are hard to read. Those are animals that spit. Hairy animals that spit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I listen to quite alpaca. a few Rick and Morty alpaca. podcasts. That's an alpaca joke. Uh, <laughs> that's a good alpaca joke. Uh, I listen to quite a few Rick and Morty podcasts, and this one is by far my favorite. Emphasis included by me, not necessarily. <laughs> by the listener uh i only wish 
they had done season one and two. Well, fear not, Alex, or the alpaca. Uh, <laughs> we will we will eventually get to those episodes. Uh, yeah, and that and that's it for this episode. That's it for for season three. Holy cow, we made it. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys so much for for coming along with us this season, uh, and and providing your input and just kind of enjoying season three together. We look forward to a full recap next week. And then, you know, we'll, we'll do, we'll do some things. We'll, we may take some weeks off. Brandon's Brandon's going to move. Yeah. Uh, at some point, uh, away from Hawaii. So aloha Brandon. And, uh, and he's going to be only one time zone away from me. It's going to be awesome. Oh my God. So I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, but yeah. And, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do plenty of stuff. Uh, in the off season, go check out Apathetic Enthusiasm if you like hearing us talk about things that are not Rick and Morty related. As soon as I get the Rick and Morty construction sets in, I, I want to do a live stream. So you guys voted on Twitter and said YouTube is the place where you want to see that. So if you don't follow us on social media, make sure to go follow us and uh, and find out when that live stream is going to be. Brandon, anything we missed? No, no. Last chance. No, no, sir. If I missed anything, I will try to shoehorn it into next week. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, then until then, I'm Travis. And I am Brandon. Thanks for listening. See you later. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.